You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. But also, here's the thing about Airbnb. It's like a 50-50 shot that the place you see online is going to look like the place you get into. And then when you're there, are you going to put in the effort to like fight it if it's not what you thought you were going to get? And I fucking hate it because of the 10 times I've done an Airbnb, about three or four of them have been kind of shitty. And you just let it go. But what are you paying for at that point? And that sucks. Bad. But these people were like the most attractive Trump supporters I'd ever seen. Because they didn't look like schlubby Michigan Trumpers, you know what I mean? They were they were fit, tan people oh, who yeah. hike in the mountains of Sedona. My. Let's see if there's a Mort Krim editorial. He didn't do shit like that so much as Bonds did because Mort took his, you know, his straight down the middle integrity very seriously. And Scott. That Southern hospitality shit is a myth. I think that only extends like five in a five mile <laughs> radius out from wherever they're talking about. Holy shit. All right, welcome to the Is It Safe podcast. We are down one Michael Govier today. It's just Matt, Luke, and John Scott here for you. People don't realize uh, is that this was the original threesome. Mm-hmm. This podcast started off uh, the, the, the Bath Boys, the Schwitzen Bath Boys. <laughs> and, plates, uh, of, yeah. plates of pals. <laughs> except, it, except it didn't really start until Mike who has yeah. the tools to do it and the knowledge of how to run a podcast. You know, made it, happen. it was just us three pontificating until Luke said, I think I'm going to invite my buddy Mike into the fold. How does everyone feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> so now you get to look into uh, us 25% down, but really missing uh, 75% of the spice. Yeah, this yeah. is yeah, this is a, a look back in time, you know, to six months ago. This is what this is the content you probably you would have gotten uh, if we didn't have Mike on board. This is the three degenerate drinkers uh, uh-huh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> three guys drunk by the thirty minute mark. Yeah, which was the genesis of this podcast, really. No, no drops, uh, no drops, no music, no ability. No ability, uh, no, no where no without. <laughs> I feel like for me, maybe we all have a different idea of when this actually started. But for me, it was always when us three went to go see the Tigers and Royals circa like 2018. And we're probably the only three assholes talking about Dostoevsky. Like at the baseball <laughs> game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, we were. <laughs> we literally were. Yeah, we were standing. I don't even think. Do we even go to our seats that game? We did a lot of walking around. There. We were rocking the concourse that, that yeah. game, man. Yeah. Walking, drinking, which is one baseball. of the which is one of the best parts about Comerica Park is the you know the standing room, being able to mm-hmm. check in different vantage points. Uh, I don't know if you guys have you guys been to a PNC in Pittsburgh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I uh, do believe yes, I do believe I was there. Yeah, that's yeah, great. I feel like the, this is a conversation that Mike would like, but. Uh, it, it, there's a lot to like about PNC, but one of the things that, you know, like there's the approach to the stadium, you go across the Roberto Clemente bridge and it's all pedestrian only, and you can drink a beer, you can drink a yingling in the street. Mm-hmm. But when you get in the stadium, you cannot make a full lap around the stadium. It's like closed off, which is one of the hmm. awesome things about Comerica is you can just do laps around that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does have, I mean, it, it 
does actually have the benefit of being pretty wide space too. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of elbow room there. It's not a bad stadium, although, you know, I'm not a fan of the stadium as like family fun park design, which uh, Comerica is like, but whatever. If I had I'm kids, more, I'm, I'm more offended by the product on the field right now, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to push back on Luke's point because I think we, I think we all, after having four beers, enjoy just throwing our arms out at the fast pitch. Just like trying to hit sixty-five. Oh, dude, like I, trying, I think I barely hit fifty. Maybe I'm just trying to brush sixty-five here with all yeah, of my might. That, that fucking that that gun was broken. I I uncorked that motherfucker and I got like sixty-one. I think I hit sixty-seven tops. I was like, this is not real. It can't be right. It was probably very accurate. I mean, I know there's I know there's decline, and uh, you know I'm looking at baseball players at like 33 years old and i'm like this dude's fucking ancient and i hear i'm 40 years old just just pushing my rotator cuff to its fucking limit <laughs> seven mile an hour bullet of a strike is an, is an, it's an ephus pitch yeah, in the major league. The for sure. <laughs> zach granke up here just giving it his all yeah Ooh. that's that's a dangerous game right there. I can't believe they even have that. I wonder how many people have done irreparable damage to their rotator cuff or, you know, ulnar, ulnar every, collateral ligament. Every 30-plus-year-old man who attempts a throw. That's who. Every, <laughs> <laughs> After four $17 two-hearted. Yeah. Like, when, yeah. <laughs> when your fingers are tingling for, like, the next, uh, you know, like eight hours, that's not a good sign. They really need to hit you with the – you know, the paperwork before you start doing that. So they assume no yeah. responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They give you three balls. Like, all right, here you go. First one, all right, yeah. warm, up. <laughs> yeah, warm up, get that one out. Well, yeah, then yeah. It's, just, uh, it's that it's just let that motherfucker fly. <laughs> what do you get? Three throws mm -hmm. for 10 bucks or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. For like 10 bucks. <laughs> You need to spend like $175 to get a proper warm up. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that's like at the batting cages, man. I dropped like 50 bucks at the batting cages just make sure I can make contact before the season starts. <laughs> How did uh did you guys go to practice Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was it was nice. It was nice and sweaty and humid. Oh, yeah, it had yeah, that it nice hot. uh that nice balmy weather which is actually my favorite softball weather because you feel like real loose out there you know mm -hmm. the joints are nice and lubricated when the humidity is like a hundred percent too yeah yep yeah someone was telling me a while back that that actually can be dangerous because it's like <laughs> almost too loose you know and is that why i dislocate my knee every third season in <laughs> god i know i i don't even want to jinx it but I, I still can't believe I haven't just blown my knee out since uh, starting softball. I'm like flexing my knee right now. Just 15 years ago. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that was my original knee injury was I was playing backyard football and I didn't even do anything. I just cut the wrong way or something. Oh, yeah. My fucking kneecap just popped out and went to that's, the side of my leg. Oh, that's happened to me several times, man. Oh. That same injury. And I mean, once you, it happens once, fuck that's the thing. That's what I've been worried about ever since. I'm like, this has got to happen again at some point. And so whatever, just keeping my fingers crossed. And I, I mean, that'll be, 
Let's cross that fucking bridge. You can you can blow your Achilles out like grocery shopping. So yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Especially after like a, a fully sedentary like seventeen months. <laughs> Just four, 40 chicken sandwiches later, and you're like, yeah. you're, you're at high risk. <laughs> well, that's why it's been good to get out there and. Uh, you know, like we never practiced before. You know, we just like showed up at game day. Uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Ian's like, one. like I said, Ian skip really skippering here. And we're going to have, you know, we've had some real practices. Yeah. yeah dude. And, and oh, and it's a sick bat. It's a sick bat. You're going to be lighting it up, dude. I, I went to that first batting practice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, this is insane. I've never used a bat that was top top shelf you know i mean it's it changes changes everything like that video i sent you guys those guys hit like 400 foot fucking bombs it's really not that impossible when you have a bat like that those bats are insane and they're they're super hot you know they've got like a limited number of swings in them these guys like count the swings too they're fucking wackos yeah what are we messing with some miking some five thousand dollar miking bat or something <laughs> freak i think it's a miking freak bat yeah it's like a, I think it's like a $300 bat. It, I mean, there's still, a, there are low, like other levels. It's a low level high end. Yes. It's like okay. a, uh, I'm trying to think of a booze comparison. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so like Maker's Mark or. Yeah, or, or like, a like a Knob Creek or something. Okay. Like, you know, like a, it's a, it's a Mictor's Rye. Or maybe a, um, what's the one with like. I'd call it the wild turkey, but then it has to be like just a fucking dirty old bat that's yeah, still know. hot. You know, it's gotta I, be I bought, a bat that's old but still hot as hell. Yeah, it's it's good though. It it still requires breaking in though. It's clear that it's not quite ready yet. Yeah, so it's still pretty new. Then I think yeah. he did mention that he bought it in the off season or maybe at the end of last season or something on sale or whatever. So yeah, it's gonna that's gonna change the game completely. Um, I don't want to say it feels like cheating, but it almost kind of feels like cheating in a way. You know, when Gallagher gets up there with that fucking just, I don't know what he's using, like a fucking uh, lead pipe. Yeah. <laughs> a piano leg. <laughs> I was trying to think of uh, like one of those parking meters. Some it's... sort of like a murder weapon in Clue in the game of Clue. <laughs> Probably a real a candlestick. Fire iron. Yeah. yeah, that guy's a fucking beast. Uh, so. Gallagher, yeah. I don't know, Scott, you don't know him, but this guy is, he's probably one of the sickest natural athletes I've ever mm -hmm. seen. But the guy's like a total party animal, dude. He is just. Really? I, I feel like I've never seen him uh, party. I mean. Well, he's definitely. I guess I don't really hang out with him, so I, I've never really seen him outside the softball field. But he seems to keep it pretty tame out there. Other than oh. when he's on the field, he plays like a maniac. <laughs> Yeah, I guess party animal's the wrong word, but he's like a carefree guy who enjoys mm. feeling good. Just a, yeah, yeah. a hedonist, a very volatile yeah, hedonist. Yeah, hedonist. That's a good word. He is uh, probably one of the most, yeah, of like maybe five people I can think of in my life, the most naturally talented athlete I've ever seen. And I feel like the guy doesn't really work out that much either, and he's like completely fucking shredded. He's a freak of nature. Yeah, it's a genetic... He's he has a genetically no, superior being. Yeah, he has zero mechanics, and he's like probably a top five player in the league. He has no mechanics. You can tell he's never learned how to like <laughs> swing a bat or do anything the right way. He just goes up there and fucking mashes. 
And, but he's but he's also photo faster than shit. He's the, let me he's, meet this guy via photo. He's oh, gotta be the fastest person. He's the fastest person in the league too. What's his what's his body type? What are we talking here? Six foot. Like, he was a linebacker. Six in football. two. Six okay. two or six three. Uh, probably two hundred pounds. Uh, but he's got like no body fat. Okay. He's got so an he's, actual he's, six back. He's me he's, realized. <laughs> he's an actualized me (laughs) oh it's funny i remember 15 20 years ago when you were like i'm gonna go to the gym i actually found his uh princeton tigers football record oh no shit was he a linebacker Uh, yeah he was played linebacker no d-line d-line oh he was d-line he's probably oh my god Oh no, weight was two his weight was two fifty back then. So he's gotta be right he's gotta be at around two twenty at this point. Yeah, look at this man. Yeah, he's a basher. Big dude. From Westchester, PA. That's right. Isn't that where the jackass guys were from? Is it? I think no so. clue. <laughs> he seems like he could be like, you know, part of the jackass group. He, oh, he easily could because he's that kind of guy who's completely fearless about being injured. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he, like he, gets, he gets injured out the of, same way. Yeah, a, like out of six-story window and just walk away from it. Yeah, he'd get <laughs> injured, but he would still just keep walking away from it. He's like a like he's like a fucking Bryce Harper type, you know, just like yeah. he's just running so hard, he just like he, slams. He's into like the wall Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem at the end of No Country for Old Men. He's just got like. He just gets in a car accident. He's got yeah, bones just, sticking out of yeah. his <laughs> every part of his body. And he just walks away. He's like, "You never saw me." Just reset. <laughs> just resets every fucking joint. <laughs> put, put it in your pocket. <laughs> don't put. Don't put it in your pocket. I, I was just thinking about that movie again. I, it's been so long since I've seen it. Uh, randomly, some clip was floating around on YouTube, and I. <laughs> I caught it. it's the one where he's talking to the shopkeeper, and yeah, yeah, that's the. He's like, "What time do you pocket. close?" Is yeah, is that when he says, "Don't put it in your pocket"? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you married is, into it. You married into it. <laughs> if that's how you want to put it, there's no, there's no way to put it. <laughs> that is just that's the way that, it is. <laughs> fucking vexing that. Dude, that's just okay. amazing, man. I, that, I don't know how they write dialogue like that. That's better than like Tarantino. I, I appreciate for his dialogue style. That conversation is terrifying. That's McCarthy. Well, I bet. Yeah, it's all. McC- like, yeah, it is. It is McCarthy. That's yeah, I, re- I recently read that. Actually, it's very. It's so similar. You get confused. The, oh man, the novel, or I mean, the the film just follows the novel so closely that it's actually kind of confusing. <laughs> my my favorite part of that scene that is definitely uh who's the which the, is the Cohen brother that's the director Joel Joel it's totally yeah. a Joel Cohen thing but like he crumbles up the wrapper and he puts it on the counter and then it like expands slowly <laughs> and it's like holy shit the noise is like so tense what time do you close well right about now now is not a time <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Now is not a time. All right. Call Call the credits right there. Call it. (laughs) I need to stand what I I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. God damn it. (laughs) Terrifying. 
Man, we need this clip like played right now. This is Just where we're menace. missing Mike. I, I mean, we'll, we'll be yeah, everyone Mike should know this scene, but the, you can argue it's it's four and a half of the greatest minutes in cinema of the last like 15 years without even batting an eyelash. Yeah, I'd say that's an easy. I, think I mean, that, that film was great. The film, The Dirty Secret, is I kind of like the film a pinch better than the book, which is really rare. Really fucking rare. And I love yeah. McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, we probably talk about Cormac McCarthy a little bit too much on this, but uh, <laughs> it's just like episode Fertile. five of talking about Cormac McCarthy. But the, I mean, <laughs> but not really talking about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but the, but the film letting is letting you know that we like him. I, w- I would say, I would say every bit as good as the novel. I'm well, you, having, right. you have Cormac McCarthy interpreted by Javier Bardem, Josh mm-hmm. Brolin. Fucking mm-hmm. Tommy, uh, Lee. Tommy Lee. Oh my God. How good is Tommy Lee? How good is, uh, I, I think that, I think, um, wife is a, is a babe. Oh, I got total I'm babe. She I'm was, gonna a, you, I'm going to take you in the bag and screw your brains out. <laughs> keep, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> what are, uh, what's her name? Christine or something. McDonald, uh, Kelly McDonald. Is that her name? Kelly McDonald. Uh, I, I thought it was somebody totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly McDonald. Kelly McDonald. Super I mean, baby. Yeah, she gets nude in uh train spotting. That's right. Oh, oh that's her. Yes. That yes, is that her. is. And she's in uh also in she's Boardwalk in Empire. But she's that's when I started falling in love with her was Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. She's a hell of an actress, too. I, she's great. Oh, she's and legit. How, how could we also forget Woody Harrelson? Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's so it's like so easy to forget who's in that because it's just so many actors in the service of better art, you know, <laughs> like as good oh. as Woody Harrelson is or as good as Javier Bardem is, as good as Josh Brolin is like these guys are they're in the service of the Coen brothers and then they're in the service to Cormac McCarthy. It's like easy to fucking lose track, lose track of whoever's, you know, on screen at any given point. It's just it's too it's the everything else about it is like so uh, all-consuming, you know. Uh, Cormac McCarthy, like story, is completely all-consuming. You know, the for me, the sign of good acting is when you don't think. When at least for me, I'll speak for myself. When I don't think to myself, "Oh, that's Javier Bardem," or "Oh, that's you know Leonardo DiCaprio," or "That's Woody Harrelson." They just inhabit the character. You never watch a Daniel Day Lewis movie and think to yourself for one second that it's. A man named Daniel Day Lewis. You just no, think, I, I oh, think it was a man named Dan Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just think that's Bill the Butcher. That's you know, uh, plain Daniel Plainview. That's whoever. Abraham uh, however, Lincoln. You know, but <laughs> yeah, Abraham, that's Abraham Lincoln actually right there. I will. I will say though. However, kind of to your point here that, uh, you know, you can't walk away from a movie that has Daniel Day Lewis in it and not be. Uh, in the moment, maybe you you lose track of him, but you always it's always that Daniel Day Lewis performance. Like definitely, you, it's so fucking powerful. Now the only person that has uh, succeeded really in in making him kind of disappear into the background a little bit is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Well, whoever yeah. directed My Left Foot too, uh, My Left uh, Foot. You know, I've I've never seen that one. That's never the, seen that's it. that's the I know. best. 
acting performance I've ever seen. I don't know. He, I just I keep every time I read about it, I'm like, I don't want to watch that. Just it's a it's a bit much. It. It's definitely a bit much. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the spreadsheet right now. <laughs> I couldn't. Ugh. I just don't uh, like getting bummed out. It's not a total bummer. <laughs> I hope not, not a total bummer. Oh, b- bummer film. I mean, speaking of bummer films, I for whatever reason have avoided. It's got all the trappings, everything I like. Speaking of Javier Bardem, I've never seen Beautiful because someone told me it was a bummer like seven years ago. And so uh, it's like the only Inyari 2 film I haven't seen because I don't know. Someone said, yeah, it's a bummer. And I'm like, okay, I'll get around to it then when I'm in the mood to be bummed out. And I guess I haven't been in the mood to be bummed out in seven years. What's it called? How do you spell it? Beautiful. B-I-U-T-I-F-U-L. It's in Yari too. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I think it's the only one of his I haven't seen. Well, and there's I love a, Javier, but but there's know. there's a there's a, a style of bummer movie that is that I find pretty unwatchable. And I'll say I always get Inyari too mixed up with somebody else. Let me, let me uh, what else did he do? What was his like? Birdman. Did he do? Uh, did he do a Morris Peros? Yeah, so that's a that's an example of what I'm talking. About. So I mean, it's 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 virtuosic, you know, but it's like uh, it's so grimy, you know, it's so sweaty and grimy and mm-hmm. filthy, and none of those qualities are like bad in and of themselves. But when when I think of getting like bummed out, that's kind of like the vibe that uh, I don't like to sit with that vibe for too long. No, but, I mean but- the dude is the dude is like. Uh, Visually stunning. It's he did the one with uh, Leo, didn't he? The yeah, Revenant. Revenant. Yeah, it's funny. It's like kind of the antithesis of what we were talking about either last week or two weeks ago. Where you know, I I think there's maybe a some somewhat of a virtue in in putting art that you're pretty sure you don't like. This is like avoiding something you're pretty sure is good that you will like. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, you know I love gonna, you know too. I love Javier, but I'm not watching that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what would get me to watch it either. I mean, that I mean, this is we're a lot we're now living in such a deluge and and my my consumption, my media consumption has become so I don't know, bizarrely passive. Uh you know, I said sit down on the sofa and I'm, I'm flipping through Netflix and it's just I, I'm not I'm like not in control anymore. I'm just I'm I'm sitting in the passenger seat. And yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't like that at all. I mean, I used to. I mean, that's again. We talked, of course, about like how I need a magical hipster to bring back the video rental stores, <laughs> and well, I need, I like I need that an independently wealthy, an independently wealthy magic hipster that just brings back rentals. Or you need to be like laid off, like that guy in that article. Yeah, that, that, I, that. Oh yeah, was a, yeah. Like some Iowan who just some <laughs> like s- some like geriatric yeah. millennial, you know, like us, like forty who just yeah. set up a video store in his Iowa basement or whatever. Yeah. Which is awesome. I, but Luke, to yeah. your point about yeah. uh, we settle for like, we're, we're afraid to take a chance because there's so much shit out there. And so like, you what's just end the up chance, saying, you know, like you, what's the chance we're worried about taking? I don't, for me, like you waste the, an hour, you know, I like, guess. Yeah. It, yeah. 10 minutes. If you don't like yeah. it, flip it off. You know, it's just that mm-hmm. you, I think it's it's the emotional investment that you're that I'm trying to avoid, and I'll just you know if I'm if I'm being honest with myself, 
I know that there's a, an emotional investment here and I don't want that. You know, so, uh, maybe so it's too, the world is too emotionally taxing and I'm trying to avoid that. And that's, that's the kind of escapism I'm looking for because not all film uh, really qualifies as a form of escape. Yeah, a lot of film draws you closer to a, a kind of critical approach to, to material or culture and, you know, and that is exhausting, it's draining. And it's like so, I'm avoiding that, especially with someone like Inuritu. Sorry, man. And, and, and then we, we settle for something totally milk toast. <laughs> this is absolutely right because the because the the real the real enjoyment comes from uh, not you know confronting reality in any way whatsoever. It is is the purest form of escapism. Yeah, this you, and you this literally is get nothing from it. It is it is uh, you know vanishing caloric density. What? Why? This isn't. This is interesting. We've hit on something here that's fascinating to me. How we consume. I mean, it's not nothing new, but just consuming media. I, because I feel it's the same over here. You know, girlfriend and I sit down and we just decide on something. We think we're being discerning, but really we've just gone through like an exorbitant amount of previews. <laughs> we've watched yeah. a movies a movies worth of previews. Oh my god. And then have we you ever you just know, done that on YouTube? Have you ever just put on trailers and just watched an hour's worth of trailers? I've which done is, that. Which I would is rather fine. do that. I would rather do that. Yeah. It's yeah. fine if that's the the purpose. It's like I don't actually mind sitting yeah, down yeah, okay. and saying I'm going to watch agree. 20 previews and see what's interesting. But I have this running list, just this dead sea scroll of all the movies <laughs> I want to watch. Yeah. And I it's like I never consult it. I just I never think about it. It's yeah. 9:15 at night. I know I've got a good 2 hours in me. And then it's just right to the autopilot fucking dead-eyed scrolling. What, and what? <laughs> do you have dead -eyed some crutch? scrolling? Do you have some crutch things that you'll just throw on? I don't know. Like I, if something, well, obviously if something is new, it's being fucking force fed to me. Like we know by your viewing habits that you like Amy Adams. So like last night I just fire, you know, this is what happens. They when got access to your search history. You, well, it was also you, Asian Pacific Islander heritage Month. Did you guys celebrate that on Netflix? I, I didn't. I oh, didn't okay. Well, that. you're a terrible. <laughs> <people. laughs> what was it? Was it just Pacific Rim listed like 10 times in a row? <laughs> the problem is when you don't go through this laborious <laughs> process and then you choose something, I'm like, oh, I like Amy Adams. Let's watch The Woman in the Window. Is that her new thing? The Woman in the Window. It's like basically, I think it's a like a 40s noir movie. It's essentially, you know, rear. It's, it's a vehicle. Like Hitchcock's rear view or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it ends up just... I just didn't like it. It's like, I love Amy Adams, but she's been in some terrible shit. And then I feel, you know, then there's like this little bit of self-loathing where like, God, I should have been more discerning about what did I wanted to watch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I just ended up watching two hours worth of like Amy Adams, just not, you know, doing it for me. <laughs> just, she's just not doing it. For that, me. That's why the Criterion channel is such a good worthwhile mm -hmm. subscription because you could probably just throw on anything. Mm -hmm. and get and get value from it whether or not you love the movie it's going to be something that was worth watching almost all yeah. exclusive Ch chances are much better there than on netflix yeah after woman in the window i started watching the tin drum which i haven't finished oh man but it's like i never finished that one either 
something like that. That's one of that's actually like one of my favorite novels. That novel. It's funny. I, I've never loose. I've never finished the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my friend was like, Let's talk about more things we haven't watched or finished. <laughs> <laughs> Gunter Grass, man. Gunter Grass. Um, but yeah, I, I started watching that. I'll I'll uh, give you the review next week after I finish the three hours of it. I mean, there's the nature of the queue is something that I always find kind of interesting because, you know, you take it for granted, like, oh, I've got I've got this queue. I've got this whole thing. Like, you know, you could have a nightstand with a stack of books on it uh, or you could, you know, have a queue at Netflix where they all mean something slightly different. But if if the effort is not going into the queue to begin with, uh, then you have no fallback. Uh, you are now still kind of in the aimless space you're in an entirely aimless space. And if you're picking Amy Adams as a reason to watch a movie, uh, you know, let me just remind you that movies are director's movies. You know, uh, they have an authorial or authorial uh, thumbprint on them. And that's usually what makes the difference. Uh, Every actor has been in a bunch of shitty fucking movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, that one's on you, but you know, <laughs> yeah. For the record, I'm, I, I I'm not like what is Amy Adams in, but you know when I when I see her face pop up on Netflix, yeah. and it's right there on the opening screen. She's also sometimes a it's a good actor. enough it's a good enough reason for me to not have to go through that through aforementioned hour long dance of previews, and I just say this looks fine enough. Let's just omit this whole treacherous process and get right to the actress that I like's new film just to discover that it sucks. Just like everything in life, making a decision feels good sometimes. You just got to make a fucking decision and move on. Yeah, definitely. And we're all, I mean, we're all basically, I mean, we're at the mercy of of all these fucking algorithms and shit. We feel like we probably have very little control in general, just especially when it comes to the, the culture industry. You know, so, I mean, Adorno had it right, but at the same time, I don't think he could have conceived of how fucking uh, industrial our consumption would become. And especially when it comes to movies. Now, it's even worse. It's like, I don't know, movies are being made by algorithm, too. It's like whatever gets the whatever gets the fucking watch lit or, you know, whatever is being watched the most gets the most eyeballs, etc. They're going to they're going to lay out millions to to make some version of that over and over and over again. And it's been happening. I don't know. Look at every single murder show out there. I still like them, still watch them. So I'm definitely part of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, where, where's our, where's our own imprint on our own, on the own, the things that actually we ingest. Well, Amazon announced that they're buying MGM today. Right. So, or something like that. Really? So yeah, yeah, they they're gonna own the James Bond properties and other whatever MGM produces. Uh, I don't know. Jesus Christ! So you're gonna your choice is just going to lessen, and the algorithm is gonna get more intense. I think. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yeah, I, I, mean, I will it, keep it, my it, it, People, you know, <laughs> remember when Matrix came out? Everyone was like, "Well, what if this is a big dream? What if we're in the Matrix?" I mean, essentially, we're gonna be just Walking Dead, anyways. I would like everything is curated for us uh, to such an extent that there is no end to that list of things that we have to flip through. Like there is, there's no conceivable horizon. It's just endless. And we need to take the power back. God damn it. (laughs) Rental stores telling you that's the only way to stop that process is to like intervene on that decision-making process when somebody is clueless and wandering. 
that is how so many, uh, so many, you know, great ideas uh, have been distributed in the, uh, you know, the marketplace. Can we beat this? We're talking about this like it's like beating fucking chronic alcoholism or like a I think like it's a harder. fentanyl addiction more or something. People are Why can't we have agency? Why can't we decide what the fuck we want to watch? There are this more. Is, there are more. This ultimately on us. There are more people hopelessly flipping through Netflix than there are alcoholics. I, I'd be willing to bet. We willing to bet that you know what three out of ten is an alcoholic and. Eight out of ten. <laughs> I don't know. Eight out of ten is I, no I, control. I don't like your numbers. Viewing habits. Yeah. <laughs> and, and eight out of ten people, uh, you know, hopelessly flip through Netflix. It's got to be like wildly different, like that. So, what are the, what are the but we don't we don't recognize one as an addiction. We recognize the other as an addiction. So, I, you uh, know, yeah. I mean, we are. It is. It is fucking hopeless. I mean, until if something was a change, but yeah, it is on us. But unless we have some form of collective action, and you know. Uh, sense of solidarity when it comes to culture and, and consumption, there is there is none. It's interesting. We have we have two cars. One is a uh, modern car with like Bluetooth capability. You know, you can like uh-huh. when you get in, your phone automatically connects, and it starts playing whatever you were listening to on Spotify. Yeah, you never have to unplug. It's just never. a seamless. It's just a seamless. Uh, you know, it's crazy in your car. Yeah. And then, and then the other car is a 2001 Honda Civic that has a FM AM radio plus a tape deck. And I've got, <laughs> and I've got like, this is also, no. this is also like the fifth podcast appearance of this Honda Civic. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> and I got like 40 tapes in there. And I don't know if you remember when you drove. That you bought from Dearborn got, Music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. We covered this, Matt. When you guys were in high school, though, you probably had your CD wallet. You know, oh, you yeah. had your CD wallet with like, Got two sitting right over there. There Case you go. Logic. He would like Case the 256, logic. the 256 yeah. one that was like four inches thick. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and, and it would just be jammed like, with extra CDs too. It would just be fucking open all the that, time. That Case Logic cost like twenty four ninety nine. Okay, That's Sam that, Goody definitely. You had to you had to fucking invest in that, and then maybe mm-hmm. some guy, maybe you went to downtown Detroit to go to a so show Christmas at, present. That was a St. Andrews Hall. And mm-hmm. somebody broke your window and stole your fucking case logic. And you're like, fuck. That also happened. It happened yeah. in the towers. Uh, my buddy. Oh, man. I wonder if this if uh, my buddy will ever listen to this. Maybe I'll tell him I, I dropped his name. My buddy Dave uh, and I used to date two uh, tennis, uh, you know, tennis players uh, for Wayne State. So he'd pick me up on like a Friday, like Friday, like six or seven, we drive down to Detroit. I mean, this is 1998, 99. Oh man. CDs were expensive back then, man. Oh, that, and they he, were a hot commodity. he always had, he always had like, he always had a full case logic. He was like the first guy I knew that even owned one, you know, meticulously organized. All did, that. did he have a face plate on his, on his CD player on his car, like a custom install CD player where I you believe- would take the face plate off and maybe <laughs> take it into the show with you. You put it in your pocket. I, do believe I do believe he had a an aftermarket CD player, but I can't remember for sure. It, it did not have one where the, the face came off, but uh, I don't think that would have mattered because I do believe <laughs> we parked at the towers uh, and there's like, you know, no lights in the parking lot and came out and his fucking he was, drove a Ford probe and that fucking oh my old, God. The back window was just blown out. The CDs were gone. The, the, radio, the radio was just fucking taken out of the console. It's a quiet ride home. 
Oh yeah, became a thinking man's car all of a sudden. Yeah, huh? sure did. <laughs> a couple of <laughs> couple of nineteen year old kids just <laughs> just. But there there's something to be limited uh, to what's in your case logic. It's like, all right, I'm gonna pull out my. Uh, well, and then it got big curation. Well, you could start burning CDs. So like, oh, my burned uh, copy uh, yeah. of Doolittle by the Pixies I had on. You know, <laughs> actually, you could fit. You could fit Surfer Rosa and Doolittle on one CDR. That was a, I remember that. You know, that kind of thing was cool. But when you get to a point, like uh, Mike actually had, Mike had the biggest DVD collection ever, but they were all burned. Um, He had a a nice little scam going there for a while. He was on like Blockbuster, uh, like the Netflix version of Blockbuster where they would mail you DVDs and he would just fucking just, he was on like the max limit and just like just kept sending them right back the very next day and just ripped, just ripping fucking DVDs. And he just had, I mean, he had hundreds. And one time, I can't remember what the, uh, what the motivating uh, issue was, but he was just like, oh, I'm fucking, he just threw them all out on the side of the street, just a giant box of burned DVDs. And like f- within five minutes, somebody was just like, pulled right up and just grabbed the whole thing and took off. But, you know, you get to that point and Mike's actually better than most people at this. He will he will literally watch everything or listen to everything. He's one of the few people I know that that does not have a barrier or a limit in that way. But that is, you know, you get to that point and like even I had tons and tons and tons of like burned uh, CDs, maybe more so when I got a little bit older and it just became more and more ubiquitous. Uh, in the beginning, it was sweet. It was novel. And I listened to that. I listened to the hell out of these, you know, burned discs. But after a while, it was almost like I had too much. I just had too many. I mean, it's one thing if you have too many, if you have too many records or if you have too many, um, too many actual DVDs or something, but when you just have all this bootleg shit, I don't know that that seems to, I don't know, degrade the value of it in some way. Well, there's, there's uh, something to be said, though, matter, but there's something said like by having limitations. Like, yeah. Yeah, I got records I never listened to, except for Once in a Blue Moon. You know, I'll pull them out or try them back. You know, mm-hmm. what's this all about? I haven't I don't even know what this fucking record is, you know? Yeah, me too. I got a lot of those. But you got your old standbys. But when I get on fucking Spotify, I'll I'll just be like frozen. I don't know what to put on. Seriously? And then you just and then I just like let the algorithm play. It's terrible. Oh man, or, or even or man, even worse. Yeah. I I buy a record, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to treat myself to a couple of records at the shop. You know, get a couple great things and then listen to it on Spotify on the way home from the record store. Oh. <laughs> or I get I get home and I'm like, you know, it's it's too late and I'm, you know, up and I, it's like, I'll just listen to this on earbuds. It's like motherfucker, you just spent $25 on this record like <laughs> yesterday. Like what the hell is the, what, what's what's the point you know Matt I know you and I will will go to bat for the tangibility of media and Luke too I don't I mean I don't know what sure. your media collection is I'm sure it's robust enough that you want it you know you like the physical thing I, I, maybe that's a product of us being fucking forty year old men or thirty five I think that's men. the only thing I think that's it. That's literally, it's just generational. There's yeah. something to it. Like, dude, I don't buy myself clothes. I don't buy myself any mm-hmm. fancy shit. You know, mm-hmm. I, I bought my car for $750 off Matt and his wife. I don't have a car. <laughs> I don't have anything to pay for, but I'm like, I will spend $85 on vinyl 
and only to just turn around and listen to it on earbuds. What a fucking scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> like earbuds, because the car doesn't have like a fucking Bluetooth connection. He's got like, you're driving with Apple earbuds in. To be fair, which, no, which I was doing in the record. Civic the other day. But I'll have record. Yeah, I, I have to do that because I don't have, there's no AV, uh, there's no aux cord uh, port in, in the Volvo. And it drives me nuts because when I bought it, I was like, oh, it's definitely got one of those. It's from 2006. <laughs> I just assumed. I just assumed. I have, a, I have a blue. I got you one better. I have a Bluetooth speaker in my car. <laughs> I, I've got that too. I got, don't worry. I got that too. I, I mean, this too. fucking this JBL. Honestly. Yeah. It, this goes in the cup holder, man. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. I remember you and it's I great. rocking out to it that in your, uh, in your Saturn at some point, like five years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Saturn. Yeah, that thing was uh, up on the dash <laughs> yeah, just rolling around the dash yeah board. oh yeah you hit the brakes too hard it just fucking rolls down and goes underneath your gas pedal <laughs> it's just going getting into a car accident uh listening to the uh listening to like the daily podcast you know? <laughs> i'm michael barbaro ah shit <laughs> i i you know what i haven't done that in and in, so i started going back into work uh, like regularly and i actually like it because like i'm commuting and i started listening to music so like i took the uh, i was listening to tapes because i was in the civic the other day which was awesome and i had my <laughs> tell us about that tape deck <laughs> well i had uh here's an album for you the uh the uh, uh tom waits frank's wild years oh shit what I a great what a yeah yeah i got that on tape <laughs> <laughs> that is that is probably my favorite artist that I don't listen to. <laughs> That's a well, good way of putting no, it. So th this is exactly the my point. <laughs> love him. I love I, Tom I, Waits. I don't listen to him. I love Tom Waits. I'm not going to like pull him up on Spotify, but like I was like looking in the fucking door of my car where there's like a <laughs> container and I'm like, I got, I could listen Wait, to, does wild, it, does... I could listen to wildflowers by Tom Petty. I could listen to night blues mm -hmm. by Bob Seger. I could listen to born in the USA by, uh, yeah. by these Bruce. are all great tape. Uh, I, I could listen uh, to the choices for volume two by city. the volume two by the traveling Wilburys. I could listen to Dylan <laughs> and the dead. Or I could listen to Frank's wild ears by Tom Waits. And I was like, man, you know what? That sounds good. Let's throw that on. And yeah. man, I had a, like a religious experience listening to that record. It was so good. It sounded yeah. so fucking good. Yeah. In your car while driving, a religious experience. Yeah. And I never, That's... I never would have picked that record. In any other circumstances, you dude. Know it's been si that's one record yes. that's been sitting on my shelf, and I I don't know that I've put the needle to it in five years. Drop it, drop the needle on that one. I think it was, I think it's worth what, it. In what state of mind do I need to be like 11, <laughs> 11 beers deep, but like capacious enough to like, you need to be in the same there. state of I mind was, he was in every interview he was in before. I was driving, I was driving to work at like 7 50 in the morning, you know, it was. <laughs> It Sometimes that like, works. Yeah. yeah, like a Husker Dew in the morning or just a little jolt of... <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a mad, mass preferred way to listen to Tom Waits is just like hopped up on caffeine and having road rage. <laughs> just in a traffic <laughs> like, jam on It that. seems like an odd combination. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether to sit down or stand up or drive when I'm listening to Tom Waits. I don't That's know in what physical thinking. orientation I should be when I'm listening to Tom Waits. I would say uh, supine. 
Okay. That's the way to do it. <laughs> probably, uh, probably with a empty, you know, highball glass next to you. Uh, no food. This would be one of those only drinking days. Brandy and cigarettes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, say cigarettes too. Yeah, definitely like half a pack, uh, just ripped in like four hours, and like eight scotches, and then lay on your back <laughs> in the living that room. That one's that one's good for uh, closing time, man. Oh, the first man. time weights record that that's a very atypical time weights, but that might be one of my favorites. It's awesome. I mean, Tom Waits is like one of those artists that made records that were good for like a span of 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the thing. He's, dude, he's utterly prolific. He's a phenomenal actor, too. I mean, talk about a natural talent. We were talking about naturally athletic, athletically gifted people that just don't even need to practice. I mean, when he started acting, he was never an actor. He just got put in movies. And I, I don't know if it was Shortcuts. I don't think that was the first thing he was in, but so down by law, wasn't it? Oh, down by law. That's right. Was that before shortcuts? Oh, down by law. Yeah, was like down by law before yeah. 1986. Yeah. What's yeah, shortcuts? It was like 88 side. Uh, shortcuts is late 80s. Nine, is it? Late maybe it's 90. Yeah, maybe it's 90. Maybe it's 91. Uh, it, it clearly is all shot in film, of course. So, you know, our, our, our stupid new eyes uh, can't recognize eras or decades anymore by looking at film stock but he either way he was yeah down by law because uh jarmusch and uh john laurie and that's how we got into that's how he ended up on fishing with john which mm -hmm. you guys have seen that right yeah do you believe we've discussed fishing with john that episode with tom waits is fantastic some of john i really wish we could do the fucking sound drops right now because some of john laurie's free jazz stuff is is like really wild i, I got i'm gonna send you a john laurie like live performance that's pretty insane see now that's a guy that is not naturally gifted <laughs> other than <laughs> other than he's got a real gift for uh keeping that whole scene together in a way and he definitely has uh he's definitely got good ideas you know I don't find uh, fishing with John is just an awesome concept. Just a hilarious idea. Awesome. The I narration see, in that it's the painting with John. So fucking great. Not yet. I have not watched painting with John. Oh, yeah. So shortcuts was ninety three. Did you guys see Big Time nineteen eighty eight? No, I know the record. Hmm. Uh, it's like a. It's kind of a. It's a performance movie with Tom Waits, but it's uh, very much a. Uh, Kind of like a stop making sense kind of vibe, but Tom okay. Waits, pretty good. Going so on? dumb. I tried looking up big time movie, and there's actually a movie called Big Time Movie. So now I can't find fucking big time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Everything, everything is just always the same and getting worse. So tell me about that chicken sandwich, Luke. <laughs> oh fuck man you guys you have no idea how how accomplished i feel after making fried chicken in my own kitchen that was incredible i've always been too intimidated to do it you know how much oil do i need i don't want to burn the fucking house down you know i don't want to waste my time trying to make something have it turn out like shit uh probably the best i mean it's it's in my top five you know, sandwiches I've ever had in my life. It's a fried chicken katsu sandwich. Uh, anybody 
wants to uh, give that a whirl. It's actually pretty easy to do. Uh, and don't get intimidated by the uh, dickheads online that have very, very <laughs> specific recipes. Just fuck all that. Just make it the way you want. Make it the way you would make. The, just put the ingredients on it that you would want on any regular chicken sandwich. You're so how the, need, hell you, how the hell do you make it? You need a fry? You need like to get the gallon of oil? And uh, not a gallon, but uh, probably half. That was probably a quarter of a gallon. I, I think the the kind of larger bottle of oil is like like a half gallon. Uh, and took about half of that. It's about two inches, two, two and a half inches in the in a skillet. But I uh, butterflied the chicken breasts and flattened them out. So I didn't need that much depth. Okay. And uh, yeah, you just put it in the egg wash, uh, dredge it in the flour, uh, breadcrumbs. That's it. Just fucking lay that baby down. It was three minutes on each side, and it was fucking perfect. Where'd you get the bread? So, yeah, that's a funny one. I called. So, White Wolf is an awesome bakery in Clawson, and they usually they carry it. That is like one of their things, one of the things they're famous for. And it's fucking phenomenal. Basically, milk bread is just fluffy white bread, Japanese white bread. And is it like challah bread, basically? Uh, it is. It's like that. It's similar. But yeah, I prefer uh, – it doesn't matter. It depends on what, what you're going to use it for. I think it would probably make amazing French toast, but I've, I've never tried it. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's kind of hard to find, but when I called White Wolf, they said that they didn't have the staff to make it. So I think it's probably fairly labor-intensive or just for an operation that's as small as theirs. Uh, they couldn't pull it off, and they said the same thing with – you know, uh, noble fish and Royal Oak, same deal. So I just kept calling around and I kept asking for milk bread because that's how it's described. That's how it's, I've always known it. And I started getting the feeling that no one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> finally, so I don't know if I could have found it closer, but I called a place in, in Novi, which is, you know, 30, 30 minutes away. It's really not that far, but it's about 30 minutes away. And the, the guy couldn't quite understand what I was saying. I had to spell it for him a couple of times. He still didn't get it. And he was like, hold on a second. And then he, he like clearly put his like nephew on the phone, you know, like the, the kid that, you know, speaks perfect English. And he was like, what do you want? And I go, milk bread. He goes, milk bread. I'm like, you know, like for like a katsu sandwich. He goes, oh, shokuban. Mm -hmm. I was like, son of a bitch. All I had to do was yeah, look that up. Why didn't you just say fucking shokuban? Honestly, uh, I'm annoyed I didn't know that because shokuban is not my favorite word ever. It's it rolls right off the tongue. It's fucking awesome. It's great mm -hmm. to say shokuban. Yeah, and it, it sounds like a Kurosawa looks, movie. It looks and tastes like it sounds shokuban. Fucking great. It looks like fucking King's Hawaiian rolls or something. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the vibe. That's okay, the vibe. I'm about that yeah. action. Yeah, and the katsu the katsu sandwich is just like a it's like a traditional well I don't know how traditional but it's you know it's basically like street food you know popular street food in uh, in Japan and I, I think in Korea too they've got their own version of it and so that's why I use the the milk bread or else I would have done it with just like regular you know buns or whatever and made like full on chicken sandwiches uh, but I, I wanted that specifically because I'd never actually had one. Uh, actually, maybe Kristen did make one at one point, but I think we did it in the oven. So I, I wanted like a, I wanted a real one. 
And so that I was have your no birthday. Idea. That was her birthday gift to, to Kristen. That was that was her fun birthday dinner because she like she went to the gym and all that. I didn't want to make something that was like too heavy, so it's kind of like indulgent but not being you know over the top. My original idea was like you know putting together a couple of fillets, but you know when you're trying to be healthy and all that, just hammering down a eight ounce fillet isn't <laughs> isn't always isn't always the way to go. But just keto as hell though. Yeah. Plus I plus I healthy. Wanted, Keto's healthy. It's just more fun. It's just more fun to do a chicken sandwich at home. And she was it at looked really good. So, or she was at the at the gym, so I was able to um you know, I was able to like fuck around in the kitchen and, and figure out how to do it. It took me a while to like, okay, Luke, focus. I could not focus. <laughs> it looked pro though, man. I was impressed by the picture. It, it tasted pro too, is is great. And I, well, you know. were you uh, frustrated like I always am whenever I make anything with labor, at how little time it takes to fucking eat? Yeah, and how much minutes. time? It, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the labor time to uh, reward is definitely definitely lagging. Um, it's better when it's a when it's a birthday dinner because then it's like the whole point was to give that person you know those five minutes, those awesome five minutes, <laughs> you know, it's, it's how I approach the bedroom too. So it's, it's, it's in line with my, it's, that's my brand. Oh, are those five minutes awesome? That's my, I don't know. I, I assume, I assume <laughs> it's a great you. gift. It's the a great gift. <laughs> let, me, let me give you a gift. <laughs> a five the minute gift long of, gift. The gift of my five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I, I think I turned into I think I turned <laughs> the gift of my five. <laughs> I think I turned in a decent performance the other day, but I, I'd have to circle back. Yeah, and check yeah. And we're gonna have to get that yeah. verified. <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's like sometimes I like pull my back just pounding myself on the shoulder for a job well done when it like might not in fact be that way. Are, are you the first person to get up and go, Woo! <laughs> I'm the first person to like, you know, secretly congratulate myself after, you know, like, you know, it's like, I, I got, I got like the, the paper back and it said like B plus on it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, you are, you outperformed expectations. Now what you need to do is when you get that B plus back, you walk it up to the teacher and go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes five I, whole goddamn minutes. Sometimes I'm, yeah. Sometimes I'm, I'm concerned that like the, I get you know a little hung up on quality that the the quantity is in there, but I, I don't know. I've always I've, I've buttered my bread on on quality. I guess. That milk bread, you butter that milk bread. I put the, that go, 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 what is it? <laughs> that shokuban, shokuban, that shokuban for me now. Don't she's got to butter it on both sides. <laughs> Five minutes later, you're done. <laughs> I didn't realize this. Uh, I didn't realize I've never even thought to go with the quality over quantity argument. Uh, that's really what I should have been saying over all these years. Oh, so, dude, yeah, I can give you a hell of a lot of a low cup quality. I can give you a hell of a lot of. Uh, you there's want, a lot more where that came more. from. There's a lot more where that came from. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a vanishing caloric density right there. <laughs> You want, the, of, you want the I, fucking Cheeto version of uh, 
<laughs> sexual activity. I'm your man. Nice. All right. Man. Well, I'm, I'm going to shift gears here and I'm going to get oh, sure. political. <laughs> Talk about racism. <laughs> no, not even that. I'm just like, what the fuck is Gretchen Whitmer doing at the bar? I don't hold on. No, no, no. Let, let me, uh, let me tell me about that. that bar. Tell me about me that bar. You, yeah, I was going to say, let me ask a better question. What the fuck is Gretchen Whitmer doing at the land shark? Tell just me about a, the land shark. Oh, dude, I've only gone one. I only went once or twice when I was up at school. It's just a grimy Michigan state hellhole. It's just yeah. a, it's just oh, a Govier, I know. Govier definitely knows this crappy place. food and <laughs> crappy vibes. I avoided it. So I actually can't speak to it. I was, I was a Riv guy myself, but, uh, so is that, is that really Whitmer's capital offense was being at the land shark? Dude, I, I <laughs> yeah. was, I was people missing honestly at this point in this fucking pandemic with all these people, mouth with politicians mouthing off and saying one thing and doing another, it's just, Okay, at this point, it's just human beings being human beings, which doesn't forgive her offense and saying you should do this, but I'm going to do this. That's a fucking terrible look and the optics are miserable. But, dude, at this point, it's like if you're going to do that, at least go somewhere good. The like, French laundry. Go to the French laundry. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, just come out and say it. You know what? Look at her though. She doesn't know what a good. She doesn't know what quality is. Taste. She has no taste. In that you photo, she looks head. like a total soccer mom. Like, yeah, we're at the land shark. Ah. She's somebody that was like. That's very on brand. Fucking, I don't know, spoon fed, fucking duck fat when she was a child, and like you know. She doesn't know anything. I don't know. Also, don't you have the wherewithal to just kind of shut down photos? I mean, come on. That's what. That's what's the most darn. offensive. That's it's what's like the most literally, offensive thing about it. Be, I yeah, that was the note tact, I put in the sheet. Was like, who have, the fuck enough, is taking pictures? Have enough tact to be able to lie correctly and that, to that, fucking be be able. Like, you should know how to be a fucking hypocrite if you're a politician of that caliber. Like, yeah, that failure yeah, is just a real qualifier alone. Yeah. I don't really care what she was doing. It's the fact that she did it without understanding the implications of what she was doing and allowing yeah. herself to be put on social media like that. I like politicians that can lie yeah, just, so well that I, a, I've never heard of their lives. Mm -hmm. It just reveals her as an idiot, less, less of a hypocrite, more of just a fucking idiot. On the, on, on the heels of Surrounded the jet, on the heels of the jet scandal, on the heels of yeah, her, her husband, husband you know, trying to prematurely you guys, put his boat into a lake up north. Yeah, it's, can you guys? Uh, can you give me a, a better sense of what the the real scandal actually is, though? Because to me, it's the land shark it's, scandal. It's, or it's the such jet, a generally? well, just the, the scandal, the scandalousness of uh, Whitmer's. Uh, <laughs> scandals <laughs> in the last couple of months like i i get that i get that it's it's clearly stupid i get that i i don't uh it doesn't really register register to me as a full-on scandal i i do it, it really isn't i can appreciate how stupid it is but outside I, of that i don't know okay we're we're in a state that i mean i just came back from freedom week so i'm not yeah, the best yeah. guy to be talking to about this we're a purple state, you know, like there's a difference of a hundred thousand votes decides this state, you know? So you gotta, you gotta kind of play to the center if you're mainstream politician in Michigan. 
And well, you know, I disagree with that, but well, you are, you are going to displease a lot of people. You, you have to play it carefully. Otherwise you're going to immediately. You dis- turn it. Right. But again, that's, I will happily sure. okay. continue to defend that point of view. Uh, but yes, go ahead. So you're saying anyway, she needs to be playing a more uh, dip- diplomatic game. She needs to understand smarter how game. her actions are going to be perceived by 46.5% of the pop mm-hmm. the voting population, you know? Uh, and she fucking failed at it. I mean, it's, it wasn't that hard to, to know it's that easy. like a lot of people were unhappy with how the, the pandemic orders were going. And then she goes and does things that are like pushing the boundaries of her own rules, her administration's own rules, which are very strict and then there are businesses that are being fined. So, like, there are a lot of businesses, bars, restaurants, but also just, like, you know, workplaces or whatever that are being fined for violating COVID rules. Then she mm-hmm. goes to a bar, the Landshark yeah. Bar in East Lansing, Michigan, where they push <laughs> together, <damn> they push <laughs> together, like, six tables and have, like, you know, 12, you know, groups of uh, 12 people, you know, a bunch of soccer moms or whatever, getting together and laughing, you know, without masks on or whatever. Which is just a blatant disregard for the rules set forth that she, of all people, should know better. And, of course, that's going to piss off people. And then the Landshark Bar doesn't get fined when other businesses have been posted publicly on the state's website for violating rules and shamed for violating the rules. And it's it's just a basic, go. like, it's just a basic, like, don't be a fucking dick. Like, don't do things that you're criticizing other people for doing. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. You're the governor yeah. of the state. You know, I didn't go to any bars and push tables together with people. It's not that hard not to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the easier thing to not do. Well, yeah. Push and, things yeah. together when you and, don't have to push things together. And to your point, Matt, about regarding the nature of how volatile and just how purple Michigan is, that is the kind of decision in this state that ends up getting like James Craig elected as our next governor. Dude, James because Craig's going to win. Because people remember that kind of shit. And that is enough for our very volatile 50-50 electorate in this state to just swing the other way and say, you know what? Like, this is it. She's She's done enough. That's like enough for a lot of people to just vote. James Craig. <laughs> yeah, Land Shark. <laughs> yeah, I just read that in dictionary <laughs> definition. Yeah, it's a sexual act where a man and his partner stand at opposite ends of the room. The woman bends over and braces against the wall while the man clasps his hands over his head, imitating a shark. I can't even keep track of how this is working. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what's he begins humming the this Jaws is, theme This song. is harder it's to understand than the rules that Gretchen Whitmer has for, for uh, public... <laughs> What's uh, what's what was funnier though is the is the uh, quicker the quicker definition, which is someone who bites or uses a lot of teeth while administering oral sex to their partner. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you want to hear it in a sentence? My dick hurts so much. Some beezy land sharked me last night. Oh no! This po- this episode's officially canceled. I know. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's officially canceled. <laughs> Wipe this oh, one. No, <laughs> Everything but, we've every any so, any woke thing we've ever 
genuinely said on this podcast is erased. Well, that's a problem because our wokeness <laughs> is genuine. So I feel completely, uh, completely insulated from any type of uh, blowback from this bullshit. I think James Craig's like, if you were to hold the election tomorrow, he'd win in a landslide. I tend to agree. Yep. Yeah, she okay. Th this is the other thing, and this is the other part of the scandal. So, thank you for filling me in on, on some of those details because yeah, I was just kind of missing some of the the real reason where there's why there's outrage. Because I've heard plenty of people talk about this, you know, local news and all that, and I, I literally have not really heard any like coherent or cogent arguments. Uh, but you know, to me, the real the real fucking linchpin to this whole thing is is that entitled fucking superiority shit that liberals constantly do to everybody yeah they do it Gavin, to the people Gavin on the left Newsom. and they do it to people on the right and they just they fucking glide through glide through this shit like nothing fucking touches them and or then they they run afoul because uh they can't even see because they can't even appreciate or have empathy for anybody else's point of view. They just think, or they can't right. live by their own standard. It's like you're putting forth something you would like for people to adhere to. Maybe even including yourself. Maybe she actually, literally, maybe she was bombed up on a couple of cosmos and didn't think she like her defenses were down. She's like, hey, listen, Julie, <laughs> put away your phone. I'm the governor. Like, let's just let's just keep this one in. House. I would love to know who took that picture. Holy shit. It was oh, definitely yeah. Ju Julie yeah. definitely did it. But, you know, I, I can actually <laughs> th there's just a. it's like what I, I don't think so, like a politician like her thinks, you know, OK, this is how I actually feel. She's putting out a message that she thinks she wants that she wants to project. But then she goes and lives her life, which falls short of that expectation. And I don't think I think there's just it's possible she doesn't even fucking think that way. You know, this is like the Gavin Newsom thing. I'm Gavin Newsom. Look at me. I want to be great and fucking progressive and everything's awesome. And we need to take this seriously. And then he goes to a five star restaurant and does the same exact thing with 12 people. And it's just I think liberals are more prone to get into a situation where what they're saying and what they expect uh, is just further away from their reality. Whereas a re whereas your average, you know, Republican is more likely to say, yep, I'm just, I'm just going to do this. I've been saying this mm -hmm. and I'm just going to live this way. It's, it's, there's almost Absolutely. just an earnestness to being, it's like, I'm not going to wear a mask. And so when you see me out in public and I'm not wearing a mask, at least you can't knock me on that. I you fucking know where I stand. Versus Wimmer, you need to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. When really we know you're kind of just somewhere in the middle, where it's like I'd rather not wear a mask. I'd rather would hang out with twelve people. So she get she gets caught with her fucking pants down. Yeah, and it's like, what are Republicans hypocritical about? Usually, like uh, nothing in the past. Lies. It's different. It, well, the the, the, so, the social conservatives who've been busted like i'm just trying to think of like who's the guy uh ted cruz got busted for going to cancun <laughs> on a similar on a similar beef yeah i mean during a natural disaster <laughs> but ted, ted cruz is a dipshit ted cruz you're right that is different yeah. i thought it was uh more covid related i forgot it was uh hurricane related or it was like blackout related not even related to a natural weather event it was just i don't know but it's like uh who's um 
Oh no, they had a cold. No, it was raining. They had a a cold stretch. Yeah, they had an ice storm, and the whole fucking infrastructure failed because it's all private companies. Yeah, Uh, and they weren't part of the power grid. They weren't part of the main grid. I feel like a lot of Republicans fail on like moral, like moral hypocrisy. Like, um, who's the guy from South Carolina who they fail? They fail. Here's the difference, though, because they fail on. Think think about their critics or think about the people that follow them, people that should hold them accountable, for instance. They fail on the moral end of things quite often. It's just that they're never held accountable. Like the the people that vote for them do not hold their feet to the fire and don't care. It exposes the like the true lie at the center of that entire worldview. That set of that set of beliefs that seems to you know, marry together economics and religion and politics and religion and, and whatever else. They have this, they they have this like idea that they are, you know, the kind of bearers of like the the moral cross or whatever. And they they constantly they constantly violate every tenet of the Bible. Nobody cares. Everyone looks the other way. Nobody really holds their feet to the fire except liberals. Yeah, the I think ones that are hyper moralistic. They're, Democrats are just more sanctimonious. Sanctimonious is what I'm always trying to get at. Superiority. Mm-hmm. And and Republicans are I I don't know they're off they're as I mean, they're not like less canceled? hypocritical. Dude, fucking uh, what, what was that motherfucker's name? Uh, uh, out of the the Republican from the South. What was his name? Roy Moore. <laughs> Jesus, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly who I was trying to he talk bar- about. He barely lost. Barely, election. barely. Fought. Dude, Trump barely lost to Biden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. That, that's It just shows you that you know there's something authentic in the way they approach this shit because they all buy into the lie. They all just agree that the lie is fine. And, and winning it, the winning is the most important thing, whereas uh, the – I don't even want to call it the left. It's the other side of the right is not the, the liberals. I don't even they're, think they're left and right. Whole... I don't even think I don't even think left and right map to this. It's like Republican Democrat in this country. You know, it's like teams, not political polls to me. Yeah, and they're better at defending their, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're the coach. They're the they're the the coach that comes in and and uh runs cover for the player that gets caught you know whatever with with uh you know beer bottles in his back seat when he gets pulled over by the cops isn't it sad that we have to talk about all people in the in such just binary terms like zero this is just zero one like democrat republican black and white we we're we're just all we're doing right now both a couple of zeros if you ask me we're just fucking we're we're just what we're doing is we're just adjusting to a sick society like we can't even talk about people in terms of like being an individual it's just well well, i think we we were talking about was we're talking about how these different teams uh either go after each other or support each other yeah it's it's two teams if you're on your team it's like fucking softball teams like I'm going to say that everything's awesome on our team and everything sucks on the other team, even though, you know, it's like, when can, when are people going to be able to just fucking one of my favorite subjects, just take the L like sincerely apologize or sincerely say, Hey, you know, this person, though he or she identifies differently politically, 
has a decent point. Like, let's talk that out. It's we're getting we're getting to a point where we can't even fucking talk to each other. I mean, and you're right. Like, what the right is doing, what's happening in politics on the right is fucking scary. Everything is turning into a situation where you can just claim plausible deniability. Right? It's like the election, this fucking election audit. Like, not to you know keep changing this up. We're I think we're on the same plane here but like dude so now everything is just you can just deny you can just plausibly deny anything if you say you don't believe it it's fucking it's it's like that's how cults work that's how scientology works like if you believe it it's true if you believe it it's real if you believe it it, you're right if you believe if you believe it you believe it and that makes it right yeah like what the fuck the the daniel patrick moynihan you know like i don't know much about him but I love the quote, you know, that everybody always says from him, which is everyone's entitled to his own opinion, but no one's entitled to their own facts. And yeah. that's where we're at. We're, we, we equate opinions with facts in this country. And there people act as if the, the opinions that they hold, which other people hold constitute facts because enough numbers people believe them yep exactly yeah. numbers yep strength in numbers a, a, a phony opinion starts to like petrify into a fact when x number of people believe it you know that's why i get worried that's like my core fundamental you know angst with organized religion for one or organized anything is when two people start believing the same thing it's like I'm more skeptical when 10 people believe something than when five people believe something. Yeah. I, I'm like, okay, now I'm twice as interested in what it is that you're talking about. You've been reading like, Going Clear, apparently. <laughs> it sounds like John is, John is uh, almost clear himself. He's an, he, he's an OT there. four. He's an OT. Getting there. Yeah, he's already he's already like sunk well, four million. That's what he's into. in the Sea Org. We fucking <laughs> That's where been, he was uh two We've weeks been ago. over and over this, but yeah, it's no it's it's no surprise. All you need oh. is one person to agree, and then two people are stronger than one, and two people can recruit a third person, and three people can recruit three more people. This is like fucking Ponzi scheme. This is like I fucking <laughs> This is like how yeah. you just need yeah, more yeah. of an way, army. Yeah. You know, the larger the army, the more you, you know, the stronger, the stronger mm-hmm. the force. This, the more people you can recruit. And Coalesce enough people around a particular type of, you know, incentive or idea. Yeah, a or, particular type of lie or opinion. Or lie, whatever. Or whatever. Well, yeah, the, hey, my, here's, here's was, something. It's like. I, I, we, I wonder, though, the point I was trying to make about the the people on the right, and this isn't exclusive to people on the right. I'm just kind of like using um, Republicans as kind of like straw man here, but you know, it's the, it's, it's the understanding that they don't, they don't believe this. I, I don't think most Republicans actually believe in God really, you know, yet they're, they're heavily, it's like a the religious association is very, very strong. Um, but most of the public no longer believes in God. That includes Republicans. So I think they're just willing to, um, they're willing to just say, fuck it. I don't care. I don't actually believe any of this stuff, but I still want judges on the Supreme court. They just fucking go after it. I think that's literally, it's just, it's commitment to the end result. 
And ends justify the means in a way, I suppose. I kind of hate that phrase, but you know, I don't. I don't know if people have that. Like the average voter has a vision of the end results. I think they just are about being on a team that's winning. I think they excuse everything in the way, and if yeah, they're on a team that's winning, and they'll just excuse whatever happens in the middle. They just don't care. I mean, they just don't care. They're like at least honest about it. I mean, they'll tell you that they're believe one thing or another, but I don't know. Do they? <laughs> it's it's weird. I think Democrats are the ones that have real beliefs. I think Democrats are the ones that really believe that, like, let's say, racism the most most important problem to solve. You know, and that those are the things that cloud their judgment and prevent them from getting to actually, you know, understanding like the the overall uh, you know problems uh, in our like in our economics or whatever. Whereas when it's Republican, that they, the true, the true, like, uh, you know, brilliance of, of the resurgence of like kind of Republican ideology, like the neoconservative movement is in, in that marrying of, of uh, religious concepts and religious ideas with, you know, kind of economic ideas and economic principles. And then they were able to blend that easily using culture uh, into like a perfect fucking platform that people can just say they believe and then they can just ignore everything in between. I don't think Republicans thought uh, Chauvin, uh, Derek Chauvin was like correct. Uh, even the people that fly the, the the blue lives matter, the thin blue line flags. I think they probably look at that and they're probably horrified, but they'll still fly that fucking thin blue line flag, won't they? Hmm. Doesn't stop them. So is this the Luke and I'll ask you, is this kind of the crux of the problem with progressivism is that people are, you know, progressives are blinded by a high, like a real high ideal or a belief. And the reality is we're going to fall seven steps short of accomplishing that. Yeah. It's, it's tricky because I don't think it's a progressive problem. I think it's a neoliberal problem because the, the neoliberals are focused on the wrong things. Uh, given that there's there's either there's either an ulterior motive that they're fully aware of, or there's uh, just a you know a, a motive underpinning their like their decisions, their ideology that they're not aware of at all. And I think that's kind of often more the case because most liberals I know are, are fairly genuine people that uh, earnestly believe uh, believe the things that they say, but I don't think that their comprehension of politics is encompassing of you know what politics you know might be uh you know thinking in a broader way i think for them it usually stops at things like culture issues identity politics issues often it's racism is kind of like number one or like oh we believe in science in this house you know the the yard oh, sign liberals the sorry man the I, didn't, sign. I didn't mean to uh yeah inflame <laughs> i didn't get your hackles up did i no man i i, I just but it's the yard sign people that's what i don't I despise like. those people I despise them. I mean, as we and I don't think those would be considered true progressives. By, by uh, John, the way. to your point, I think those are the neoliberals. They're stuck. They're stuck chasing their fucking tail is, and chasing away everybody else. Is there anything more ridiculous than putting your apostles' creed, your fucking <laughs> everything you believe on a piece of parchment on your fucking lawn? Well, <laughs> hey, Matt, if it fits. <laughs> well, and then they keep if, adding. If the they keep adding the latest tagline. 
Yeah. We believe in science. What a bull what a bullshit claim that is. These people don't know what fucking <laughs> science is. Also, Do you know you what don't science need is? To believe in science. That's the same thing as saying I believe in facts. Well well, uh, I think I think facts can be established, but science <laughs> science is the belief that what you hold to be true is true until a better theory comes along. Mm. And is or what you hold true is disproven by it's not there's nothing immutable. It still has the quality, it still has the quality of religion. It's like the Thomas Kuhn. That's, that's the thing, yeah. It still has all these comments are still declarative and absolute in a way that they they resemble religious comments. They resemble they are they're they're comments. they're they're a Nicene Creed or an Apostles Creed. It's like when yeah, you go to the absolutely. fucking Catholic Church and you say, We believe in God the Father, Almighty Baker of heaven and earth, all that is seen and unseen. It's fucking ridiculous. Almighty like, baker of cupcakes and muffins. Yeah, it's, you, you say the words and you're okay. And that's that's what liberals do. And 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 to an extent Republicans do too. I mean, or or people, you know, in that Again, class. it's the disin, it's the genuine embrace of disingenuousness that is completely unique to that side. I mean, there are incredibly cynical neoliberals, there's no question. Uh, I mean, I guess in a sense, the entire enterprise is cynical at its core, but there is such a bald faced, just embrace of uh, just as lying to your face. It's lying to your face. And it's like, it literally, I think it, it gets used too much, but I think trigger in the libs is like as big a part of their project as anything they? that they Who's say they, they believe uh, Republicans, people, oh, yeah. right. People like yeah. Ted Cruz, you know, people like uh, Tom Cotton, like fucking Paul Ryan, you know, a couple of Rand Paul, whoever. Yeah. yeah just a couple <laughs> of sterling examples. Yeah. It's just too damn easy. Just real boners. It's too damn easy <laughs> to trigger the lips. It is too damn easy. But that's the thing. Libs, libs allow themselves to be triggered because they are boxed in and don't know how to handle it. Um, if That's I get, if someone was to try to trigger thinkers. me, liberals exactly. used to be free thinkers, man. Precisely. Now they're dog like what we call a liberal in America is just a dogmatic person. That's why I'm saying there's it's not a left and a right. It's yes. it's okay. it's yeah, two we, teams. We, on this we agree. You know, like it's I said, two teams in a, it's two teams in a terrible fucking sport or two teams in a terrible <laughs> yeah. league, you know, or or yeah. two two police departments, you know, <laughs> two competing police departments looking for more heads to crack. I mean, it could uh. be. A, and, and there's far leftists who are the same way. And like, you know, the whole a cab, you know, all cops are bastards or defund the police or whatever. To me, yeah, it's just like yeah. they, none they of that can be. That I feel simple. like those people need to be. Yeah, it's not that simple. If you're boiling things down to something that fits in a fucking bumper to, sticker, to a catchphrase, to something you can, yeah. you can <laughs> it's not going to work. The street. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, not that just interesting. The, to me. It's not that simple, but the yeah. but the number, but the uh, the amount of people on that end. So if we would take this is like where you go to like both sidesism, which always concerns me. Uh, no, not you, but I'm just talking about like. Every news program in the world is like, oh, let's see, let's see what the climate denier thinks. You know, you got the scientists. Ninety-nine uh, yeah, right. percent of all scientists agree. Then you bring out a fucking climate denier, and you know, people on the extreme left who believe that. I mean, that is like the tiniest, the tiniest amount of people, and uh, they're not even really that wrong. I mean, obviously, their their problems are more about like methodology. Whereas, like, if you go sh extreme right, 
it's just it's factless it is a factless universe uh completely fucking uh factless bubble that is is happening and the people on the extreme left it's it's not so much a factless bubble but they might be too uh radical too violent or you know that might be way too ignorant to boil oh. something down to a bumper sticker. So I'll give the, you an example. The differences of that. between the extremes is very different because the extreme left is not as idiotic. I think, but I think the, they can be equally damaging and I don't mean to be both sides is them, but like the example with climate is an interesting one. You know, there, there came a consensus on the left that nuclear power was bad. And maybe that's not actually the case. Maybe nuclear power is a solution to the climate problem, but we've actually, because of our anti-nuclear activism in this country, we've, instead of like making nuclear power safer and better, we've stopped building nuclear power plants and then increased our dependency on coal plants and furthered, you know, furthered the degradation of the planet and the environment. And, you know, furthered global warming when we could have done something to prevent it. Or another example, like very recent in the news, you know, consensus emerged around the origin of the coronavirus. Now mm. there's a question. Did it, did it originate in a lab? You know, we don't know that, but like, if you were to say, I don't know if it originated in a lab or even I, I think it might have originated in a lab you were branded as an anti-science right winger, conspiracy theorist, racist against Chinese people. Mm -hmm. But now, now uh, the administration is saying we want to know more about this. We want to understand if if it could have come from a lab. Mm -hmm. I just think like people get into locked into positions, whether they're right or left, that are so inflexible they actually harm the goal that they are trying to have. I think nuclear power is a great example of that for true environmentalists who, yeah, obviously are worried about another Chernobyl or another Three Mile Island happening. But at the same time, those people are probably also equally, if not more worried about the causes of global warming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a that's a hell of an example for sure. It's it, I always thought, I've thought for a while that as long as we can mine coal we're just gonna keep on fucking doing it but i don't know why does it you know why does it have to be that way i think because we can't take one second to just actually stop and think about an alternative it's like this is what we're doing we've always done coal we need to keep these jobs 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 that's shitty you know, shitty shrinking jobs <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure but it's still jobs 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 <laughs> right, you know? know it's 2021 and we're still fucking sending people into coal mines to fucking yeah die. just just drinking that a gallon of theolioma punch at the christmas party we're pandering we're really to the, missing that we're pandering to the 13,375 guys left with fucking coal jobs in West Virginia for whatever yeah. fucking reason, you know? Uh, well, when they say President Joe, we know who we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Matt, I wanted to tack on to your point there. Um, I think, so if you're, if you're looking at the left, right, and I, I do, obviously, yes, there, there can be, yeah, that's super pro problematic, uh, not allowing something like, uh, let's say nuclear power, for instance, to develop in a way that is uh, safe 
and doesn't destroy the planet. But I think I think something to keep in mind always is that uh, people on the left that might really be shutting down that conversation because they they seem they're super aggressive. Uh, probably don't trust the fucking businessmen that own this shit until these types of industries are nationalized and completely regulated and under a planned economy, there's no reason to trust uh, businessmen or capitalists in general, billionaires to not continuously push back, find more and more loopholes and continue to deregulate it to the point where it's never going to be a safe option. And that's, that's the problem. Nuclear power itself uh, regulated well with a, a strong set of uh, regulatory institutions. You know, I mean, this, I'm sounding like a reformist now, but it, it doesn't, that, that would never happen because the pat, the fucking, it's just an endless unbroken line of green lights for anybody who's got a billion dollars in this country. And you know, lobby efforts with the energy yeah, industry are exactly. just as bad as the fucking big farm industry. Well, so, so yes, but at the same time, you can't you can't trust ever that this would be some form of safe alternative because they will find a way to make it unsafe. They will literally find a way to make it unsafe. But I uh, that to me is not an answer to the well. Okay, so but instead of going to nuclear power, we're reliant on the I know uh, Exxon's I know. and it's, the DT Energies and whoever else. Well, in the until world it's national, until, what other way is there than to nationalize the energy industry? I guess you could decentralize it. Um, in a it would have to be decentralized like, and having cooperative ownership of community energy infrastructure. I mean, That's so another, why? I mean, why, there there are different like formats for it, but it can't be in its current state. You know why? It used to it be, be stakeholders, case. dude. It can't be board like board members. No, but it just, could it could be. Well, it could be stakeholders, but not different stakeholders. It needs to could be, be community ownership. Like, like why not? Michigan has a. Wyandotte, Michigan has publicly owned. You, if you live in Wyandotte, the mm -hmm. fucking power company brings energy efficient bulbs to you and delivers them to you, provides you power, provides you internet service, provides yeah. you water. You know, there are examples of cooperatively owned, community owned energy so infrastructure. If this could roll out, if that could roll out across the country and that was it a could. permanent state and that was the permanent, that was how it worked, then I, what, I think the pushback against something like nuclear power would go away completely. This is this is what the progressive era in America was all about in the late I, 1800s. Yes, I know. Exactly. Uh, you, you had in well, Detroit. Pop, like the populist movement, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah. And it had its drawbacks as well. But in Detroit, you had Hayes and Pingree, you know, the idol of the people. And Grand Circus Park has statues there. When we go to the Tigers game, we'll drink a beer underneath yeah. Hayes and Pingree's <laughs> yeah. statue. Yeah. And we'll cheer. Well, cheers to the idol of the people who actually he he simultaneously was uh, mayor of Detroit and governor of Michigan, which was uh, after that outlawed by the Constitution. Really? Yeah. But he uh, he was an industrialist who became a reformer. And basically his claim to fame was publicizing, like taking control of the streetcar railroads out of the private hands and bringing them under municipal control and cre creating the Department of Street Railways in Detroit. And I'm all about bringing things under public control, under regulation. You're, of course, going to have you're going to have things fall off. Things like we have public ownership of water infrastructure in America in, in this state, and we saw what happened in Flint. You know, there there yeah. are pressures always, and there you know things change in municipalities. 
circumstances change, technology changes, and and governments are usually slow to respond to those things. So I'm all about I'm all about public ownership, but I I don't want to just like rule out the private sector's role in changing that. I mean, we've got um, the private sector needs to be de incentivized in the way if if you're going to allow them to stay. De incentivized from what? From the from status quo? Just from well, the status quo is profit, right? So uh, you get you can't you can't you can't balance uh, how the, the the profit from a necessary resource and the and the human and human and safety. You know, let me ask you those, a question. Those things need to have some form of harmony that I agree. doesn't exist under like just a purely capitalist enterprise. I'm going to make you a neoliberal case for something. And you can, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh boy. I want, I want you to respond. I'll give you my honest sincerely. opinion. About that. Okay. There, there, there's a global pandemic and you live in a major power, uh, uh, country. And oh, is this another, which country would you, uh, how about this? No, how about <laughs> Sorry, this? Go ahead. How about this? You live in, uh, the Czech Republic. Oh God, okay. I don't know anything about the Czech Republic. You're a member of the EU. You're a member okay. of the Eurozone. Okay. You're part you're in partnership with advanced economies, but you're also drawn to the pole of the old east and the Russian Federation. <laughs> you're in the sphere of influence. You're in you're in the sphere of influence of the Russian Federation. Uh-huh. And you there's a global pandemic. And there's two vaccines that have been developed. One has been developed in the West by a pharmaceutical private entity with support from government dollars. And it's been vetted by governments and deemed safe by governments. Another has been vetted entirely by the Russian state. And and has not necessarily been internationally tested. It's called the Sputnik whatever vaccine, and the other one's called the Pfizer vaccine. <laughs> you have a choice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you have a choice when you go to uh, you when you go to see your comrades at the at the hall at the uh, public health facility in I mean, in, Prague, in Prague number seven. I'll take A. We can say they're which communist. is A. Yeah. Is a, you can say, is that, you can say they're communist, but it's no. But this or, this is also we're or, also talking about a federation that is like is run by a, a deeply entrenched oligarchy uh, of billionaires. Like this okay. is not this Fine. is no different. It's no different than Bezos and Gates and those guys. I mean, Fine. I'll give an organization option. of the economy is different, but it's it's only ca- like communist in name and maybe in maybe in like uh, the ideology uh, or. Uh, I'll, I'll say ideology, but it's, you might think it's communist, but how communist is that? Well, I'll give you a third option, which is the Chinese vaccine. Yeah. Again, another one. I'll take the Chinese one, but at the same time, it, okay, I, pro- I probably one? would take the Chinese, but I wouldn't take it over the fi- Pfizer. I'd take it over Sputnik. <laughs> I'd definitely take it over Sputnik. ACB. <laughs> But China again is another. It's another economy that is, yeah, it is. It is a communist country. It is more nationally communist than uh, like Russia is. It is more. I'm not even saying communist. I'm talking about like a nationalized, developed vaccine. I'm sure. not even talking about whether it's communist or not. I'm saying it's like a state-developed vaccine. 
this is this is why I found uh, you know I found Bernie to be appealing in a way just because there are totalitarian elements you know but the totalitarian elements usually come out of uh, again the kind of rapacious uh, you know need to accumulate fucking uh, capital so again capitalism is what drives these uh, countries to where they're at and so a communist there there never really has been much of a communist country or a socialist uh there have been socialist democracies but oh boy <laughs> laundry time laundry time well i i, guess, I can't uh, sorry guys i can't uh I'm say a- my real opinions right now because i'm too embarrassed <laughs> we're, we're, we're fortunate we're fortunate way to too self-conscious now uh, way too self-conscious we're fortunate yeah matt i understand your point you know i I do understand your point. My point is not to but say that, that our system is, is better, but I, my point yeah. is to saying it can work. It can work to have a hybrid of state and private actors developing something for the common good. Sure, but okay, think about this. All right, fine. We can we can have that hybrid system, but why should it not be closer to the system we had with FDR, which was like 90% uh, tax levels against billionaires, Um massive rates of taxation against uh, corporations. You know, it was, well, billionaires might be a stretch. It was mostly millionaires at the time, but you know what I mean? Like Adjusted they were, they were being taxed. They were billionaires, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. But that, that's the thing. I mean, we just we just now literally watched uh, Trump takes 37%. So it already went down to 37%. And I think this happens. Uh, I think this has happened. It's always happened. Like a Republican will, will drop the rate corporate tax rate and then a, a democrat will try to raise it and then it only back. goes halfway back mm-hmm. and then it gets dropped <laughs> again and now here we are joe manchin's uh, standing in the way of it going back up to 28 percent, and it was 37 percent four years ago what's joe unbelievable yeah, do you know how much guy dude this motherfucker i i <laughs> Why is he the liberal fucking standing in the way of everything? I can't understand. I sit there and I think, like, I just assume. I think I, I just like, oh, he's a he's just a fucking just neoliberal asshole, just like everybody else. But I, I literally cannot understand why he's even bothering doing what he's doing. It doesn't seem to really be the right thing, even for his own self interest. Dude, I think he's, he's going to get waxed. I think all these motherfuckers are going to get waxed in 2022. Well, I don't think man, like, there's going to be a wave, man. Right? When's, when's Manchin up for re-election? Oh, he must be 24. Yeah, he's a uh, senator. Yeah, so he'll be 24. I'm going to put Maybe, in, maybe uh, that's his game. I don't know. Maybe he's waiting for it to become all Republican so then he can get the actual policies through that he wants. Yeah, Luke, maybe I think he's, like maybe he's obstructing. He could, <laughs> all right. He could be uh, just easily obstructing shit so that's uh, just to stall. Let's <laughs> that look that, on his face is perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's classic. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> fucking for, for, for the uh, for the listeners here. Is, Biden concerned ambitious agenda could really be stalled by him not really caring if it happens or not. <laughs> <laughs> With a statue of is that Bobby in the back? Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that is Bobby. It is that Bobby. is 
it's, it's a Bobby. It's a, it's, a bad, it's a bad John Kennedy or a, a really good Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think where where Biden comes in and all this now is I think he is he is he loving the fact that uh, there's somebody else standing in the way and fucking everybody over. I think that's what he likes because he doesn't have to take responsibility. He can act like that. He can pretend to be a hero, even though <laughs> it doesn't really seem like much else is going to pass. <laughs> but but that's and putting that's it, be it. I think that's putting it too much. Like back to our earlier conversation about teams, it's putting it too much on individuals to play a role on a team. What we need well, is he's free the coach, thinking, dude. We need free thinking legislators to actually vote for shit that matters, regardless no. of party. I mean, it You're sounds not, ridiculous to say. Regard, that, regard, <laughs> regardless of party, and regardless of party, and regardless of personal incentive, they have personal incentives that yes are power related. They don't want to lose their seats. That is something that a lot of I don't know why people want this kind of power. It would make me want to vomit every morning. But they also have a economic interest and economic incentives, and also then they have the incentive about their legacy, whatever that might be. You know, just trying to constantly prove that they were always right all along. So they can't abandon prior positions that they held. So it's, yeah, they're, we, we have this two team system, which fucking blows and screws over uh, the majority of Americans uh, every single day of the year. But they, you need to remove uh, financial incentive as much as anything else. And we have lobbyists, you know, when, when did lobbying, uh, when was that uh, codified? I, when was that part of our political system? I think it's, isn't it? I mean, it wasn't 70s or something. It's okay. It has not been going on forever. Lobbying if, is. If you want to go back to uh, <laughs> the sons of Liberty were like an anti-tax <laughs> fucking. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. It's a strain in American politics or all politics. It's like probably official, ever since politics existed. Yeah, it's, it's always there's always been the obviously there's always been those groups, but I was just wondering when it became like a like a job. You know, like you would have a job as a lobbyist. There's probably an excellent. That's kind of what I'm Wikipedia getting Wikipedia article on lobbying. There it is. It's a, you know. There it is. Second hit on my on DuckDuckGo. Or what well, are we sure. guessing? This is eighteen. It says eighteen ninety one. There's a cartoon uh, about that. Some probably some Thomas Nast <laughs> racist cartoon. I feel like this is something. That's that's pork barreling, right? Like pork barreling goes back. You yeah, know? the cartoon with the big pig on it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this, you know, whatever. I think uh, Biden is going to coast because. Uh, everybody's just happy that he's not the other guy and the ratchet effect is, is fully de like defining our, like the politics of the next couple of years. And I think he's, I think he is, uh, you know, it doesn't all come down to him, but you know, Matt, like you and I were talking about a long time ago, like uh, even my, you know, affinity for Bernie Sanders was not about that him as, as an individual. It was that, he was a standard bearer for something better. Like you need to shoot far to get anything to move in the direction you want it to go. And Biden, Over 10, is, baby. and Biden is just the guy that falls right in the fucking middle of the swamp. And 
it's nothing is going to go anywhere in that direction. There's already every other, every other plan is being watered down. Things are being pulled out. Um, but in any event, it doesn't all come down to the one guy, but he can do a lot to rally people around a cause. Problem is Biden doesn't seem to really believe in much. Cause like you said, he's a fair weather dude that blows with the wind. But the unfortunate thing is that the wind comes from somewhere and it's stronger from the upper class, stronger from the elites, stronger from the neoliberal side than it is from the left and than it is from the working class, from the bottom up. Well, the working it's and like lower classes they, just aren't, competing. they're not paying attention. Well, they can't. That's the problem. That's why you need somebody no, they, who's they a leader, can. a leader who actually cares, someone like a Bernie Sanders who actually was doing the work of organizing and fighting on behalf of people who can't pay attention or don't have the time or are working too many jobs or whatever it might be, or too poor or don't have the education or whatever. Well, but he didn't. Hmm. I mean, he, I mean, by all objective, he measures, didn't win. He, fa he failed to do that on a national level. Like mm, no one, didn't you know, you know who succeeded well, in that? To do that. You know who Biden. succeeded in organizing them at least at like on a, on an election day, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm, Donald but, Trump succeeded in getting those people to turn out to vote for him. Yeah, I mean, we could do a postmortem on on all that shit, but I, <laughs> I am not interested in fucking relitigating into that because I think it, too much of it comes down to speculation. Like, would, would Bernie have won? I don't know. Would he have actually brought the people out to vote? Not sure. If we didn't have a pandemic, you know, maybe it's easier to go with the guy that's got some name recognition. Bernie was also the Bernie's most, got name recognition. He's got name recognition and he has the he has the highest favorability rating of any, you know, senator, I think, ever. But you know, powers that be decided to uh to step in too. You can't you can't downplay that. That that plays a role. There's a role there. I mean South Carolina. What happened in South Carolina right, at exactly. Grassy Knoll that evening? Yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing. I don't really care. It's not. It's not important anymore. I guess though, you gotta you gotta win elections. You gotta win contests. Sure. With ideas yeah. and organizing. Which means which means you have to win over people in the establishment. You can't do that if you are, um, you know, in a well, sense, back, fighting back against our, the establishment. Back to our earlier point about the state of Michigan and the governorship. Mm. Who's gonna win that? I don't think it's Dude, gonna. I be think she win. loses, man. I think she's getting think, her ass kicked. Yep. I'd, I'd it's just concur. too, it's too much. The people that she has X number of people, you said this is a very delicate balance, right? She has X number of people who support her. Do they support her enough after seeing these like just dumb, it take, hypocritical things out in the public? All it takes Are is they, a couple people, a couple thousand people to just not care enough. And that's exactly how you make them not care is you come off looking like a dipshit. Like, so are I'm, you going to the ballot, Luke, and just casting your vote for Gretchen Whitmer on November eighth, two thousand twenty-two? You're probably not. you're probably not voting. I won't be voting, and that's that's her problem. Yeah, like and I'll then probably, that, that, and that is on her. By the way, it's not on me. I, it's not I my responsibility not, I, to keep the neoliberals in their fucking cushy positions. I do not like Gretchen Whitmer, but I like her. <laughs> Thank you for saying I did, that. Finally, I, 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 I've never. God, I, she's I, awful. I've never liked her. I, 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 I voted for Syed, and I don't like him in the primary. So uh, <laughs> he was better than Whitmer. 
Yeah, I have voted for our side too. Maybe I've met him in person at like a campaign event. And he struck me as a total dick. Not a popularity contest, Matthew. Come on. Yeah, it matters. It matters. <laughs> it does matter. Yeah, you can't come off as a fucking ostentatious asshole. Actually, I got a story about him. Like Marianne was working at the uh, at a cafe, and like he came in and was like, without their permission, was like filming. We had a film crew with him who was like filming her making him a fucking latte without ever asking permission. And to me, that was just hmm. that rubbed me the wrong way. That was like very anti-working class. Uh, well, as long as he didn't rub cool. her the wrong way, I guess you're all right. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good Muslim. He's uh, respectful to women. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't respectful to women. He definitely exploited Sayin? her as a worker. Oh, well, he didn't rub her the wrong way, though. Oh, I know. He didn't, God, he didn't actually. I, that was my point. He didn't touch her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, like you said, <laughs> like you said, like well, you he said, said rub her the wrong way. Uh, uh, okay, that that was. I in thought, the you, I thought there was. Stuff. I thought there was innuendo there. That's all. No, no, not not on not on the follow up comment. I mean, okay, he, yeah. no, he literally did walk in and ex- exploited uh, workers because he just thought he couldn't. He didn't care. Pretty much. I mean, the, the guy is the guy is a hotshot doctor, right? So he is a hotshot doctor that worked for the city. Um, apparently, didn't do much, uh, from what I understand. He was there for like six months, maybe. Yeah, so maybe he didn't have time to do much because he wanted to run for a higher office. <laughs> Yeah, see, I mean, now we're looking at a, a oligarch in the making. But he has a, he has progressive positions. I, again, um, I think I, lo- I think he's less evil than someone like a Gretch, Gretchen Witchmer. Is that <laughs> is that this idea? I think you just coined it. Has has Witchmer? I, I know I've I've heard Whitler, but I've never heard Witchmer. I'm, I'm going with that one. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> But I, I, you know, my my personal like least favorite people on the on the planet, you know, are people like her. It just seems like everything is so disingenuous, you know. I know you, likes... you were you were clearly a Shri guy. <laughs> Shri for we. Yeah, you saw you saw my uh, you saw my fucking uh, whole back window painted. Uh, I couldn't even see through it in traffic. He did have those great commercials where like no one could say his name. Remember that? They were like, it was like guy Detroit. Sari? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh amazing. And I remember driving by one of his uh like campaign offices or whatever. Yes. Fucking saddest thing I'd ever seen. It was like zero activity. Well, guess who won Detroit (laughs) in the primary? Shut up. He beat Syed. He beat Whitmer. He won the city of Detroit in the gubernatorial yeah. primary. Shri Shut Tanadar. The fuck up. I did not realize he won Detroit. He's in the Michigan State House right now. He has a seat in the Michigan State House. Does he? Yeah. He's an he elected official. He probably has a $700,000 house in Palmer Woods, too, that he does. Yeah. Isn't he a billionaire? <laughs> Isn't he a, like a weirdo billionaire? I like think some he's guy a multi-millionaire. Like, like he just has like uh, tech fortunes, you know, some kind of fortune based on some something tech related. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, the Michigan House uh, rep for the third district, which uh, is that's your district, Luke. Shut the fuck up. You are under Shree's control. 
<laughs> oh no, no, actually no. It's Scott's. It's Scott's district. Riverview? No. Palmer Park. Oh yeah. What is his last name? Tanadar. Tanadar. That's right. Shreve or we. And he is like, I'm like two, I'm one block away from being in his district. Shut up, really? Yeah. yeah. Close? Is oh, he third? Boy. I thought we were, I thought we were four. I think he's your district. I may be wrong. Yeah, I think we're four. I mean, yeah. it's so gerrymandered. It's fucked up. Like, okay. Highland Park's a fucking mess. Oh, wait a second. Present 2013. Okay, let's see. Yeah, basically, he's from. I'm trying to figure this Livernois to down to six mile. From eight mile to six mile, all the way to Gratiot. Livernois to Gratiot. Livernois to Gratiot, eight to six. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah, that you. Would be us. That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> so write oh, a letter to Shree. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know who yours is, but you're, you're Shree adjacent. Oh wait, now I got Brenda, don't I? For the state, this is State House. Um, oh, state House, not um, not House. I got you. It's not uh, easy to find out this information, by the way. Yeah, and it freaking should be right. And you want to know why poor people can't fucking keep up with like local politics? <laughs> it's this kind of shit. And every every website's different. Uh, they all they're all completely confusing. It's yeah, it's nonsense. Joe Tate is mine. Uh, District two. Uh, anyway, okay. are we done? Wait, wait, to to uh to, to close out the show, do we want to uh, briefly touch on whatever this weird, terribly written? Uh, story about racism at green dot is all about Ooh. Oh. <laughs> i don't uh, send with something light here <laughs> uh is i didn't read the article is there something controversial in here that you guys are uh, not interested in talking about no the only thing controversial is that you know our well, I'll speak for myself, my proximity to the business and the people in it. But who gives a rat's ass? I mean, this is whatever. This is a pod that no one listens to. Uh, Green Dot. Yeah, I don't know. They they fired a, a black Dude. woman for using the term light skin to another light skinned employee. And she had worked there for 10 days and she was called into the office and told that a white employee took exception to her using the phrase light skin. Shut the And fuck. now it has turned into, you know, people protesting outside of Green Dot during business hours. And like yelling Social at media like has yelling at people over. who are going in, you know. Yeah, with I think with, we should cross that line, guys. Uh, <laughs> with, I think it's time to cross that line. If, it, if ever there was if ever there was a picket line that I feel like needs to be fucking crossed. I mean, here's the thing. It's this I shit right we, here. We, we know what, there's one side to the story right now. Mm -hmm. And it's the person who was fired. And well, it may we're just be assuming true. that this is correct. That this story is true. If the story is true, I'm crossing that line. 
the story is true from her. I mean, the story is true up to the point that she was fired by it's just white people. <laughs> she was fired by two white people <laughs> for using the phrase light skin and she was fired for discrimination that I'm, we can pretty much say that that wow. is true. Hmm. This is discrimination against light skinned employees, which would be white employees. Well, in the woman, the woman in question, even though light skin is only used to describe light skinned black women, or black yes. people, the light skin is not used to describe white people, ever. No, and the woman in question that said it, it identifies as light skin, a light skinned black woman. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> I'm actually glad we brought this up because, like, uh, there's not even anything really to talk about here. This there's is that's a, that's exactly right. It's, this is it, so it sounds like a personnel dispute. I don't think Green Dot Stables is. Uh, you know, it's well, not I think Augusta they, they may have been. national, uh, <laughs> right. you know, where right. like you can't be a member right. if you're black or something <laughs> like there may be some cultural issues going on, but I, it doesn't strike me as a, again, not having. No, not at all. I mean, bus- business wise, they don't seem to me to be, uh, I don't know, racist in any way whatsoever, but they uh, seem to have yielded to some dumb liberal concern you know this like oversense no they haven't they fired this person they fired the person based on a complaint from a white person that said she used light skin so in order to accommodate the white complainer they fired the light-skinned black woman according to according to according the woman to the story fired according to according the fired. to the light skin okay black so woman. we don't believe victims now matt uh, I don't believe anybody. I don't believe anybody. <laughs> okay, actually, that's a that's a fair point. That's, I that's believe where it's, where you it's just be. the yeah. the extent. So this is what it is, right? It's like no one has the context. No one has any of the any of the facts leading up to it. Mm-hmm. You have one side of the story, and like two things can be true. You can say we don't have all of the information without being a fucking racist sympathizer. Like that's where we've gone in this country is that we can't even for one second suggest that. Yeah, we, we can't, we can't say we can't even suggest pumping the brakes for five seconds without taking a side. Yeah. We can't withhold judgment on anything until we actually know what the fuck we're talking about. We have to just take a side immediately. The idea that this even this even happened, I think, is is evidence of the kind of just liberal sensibility because this should never have been a thing at all. This this wouldn't really even exist, um, probably. What, what, and, and sorry, go ahead. What, what do you mean by this? Like meaning, meaning the 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 fact that somebody got fired over something even tangentially related to whatever seems to be going on in the story, which is, you know, it looks like a black woman and a, and a white employee were arguing about who could use the term light skin, but it wasn't a real argument. It was lighthearted. And then that white employee complained about her to management and management fired her probably thinking about the pressure, uh, you know, placed on them by, this. The lighthearted nature of it was between the fired employee and another African American employee. It was the white. It was the white employee that like kind of butted in and was like, well, "This is you the right light skin." you were saying this is so poorly written. It's so poorly written. It's like so hard to. It's so hard to fucking follow. 
if that is the case, then it's fucking ridiculous. But I guess my that, point that is the thing. That is the thing. let's we have to just kind of go as if like let's just assume this is real. But I I think real or not real, uh, this has a lot to do with uh, liberals being too fucking superior and too goddamn sensitive. I'm sorry, but like my my biggest problem with um, uh, just academia in general is uh, you know let, let's just say academia has been going on what for like you know thousand two thousand years and it's gotten to a point where the division of labor is so fucking narrow that when I was about to get my PhD, it was, it was like, you had to pick, you had to pick what, like a subject that was so fucking narrow. It was almost at almost lacked uh, value. It was used, almost, to, used to not be that way. It'd almost be completely uninteresting. Yeah, exactly. In the 1800s, you would be a fucking doctor and a lawyer, you know, like you would do many things. Uh, the Renaissance man, Leonardo da Vinci. That is definitely not how it goes now, right? You, you literally you narrow in on on one specific thing that you can get published writing about because that's what it's all about. And what happens is people you go further and further and further and further down these fucking rabbit holes, and like that is where you live your life. And so you can find different things to be offended about. You can find different ways to, you know, when when was the first time you heard the word microaggression? Maybe like five years ago, maybe ten maybe, years ago, yeah. tops tops 10 years ago but microaggressions uh, i'm not saying they don't exist but the wrong people hear that stuff because it's easy to understand and then they fucking take it and run with it and then everybody else has to suffer we're just incredibly and then somebody who's somebody who has a real fucking job you know who doesn't who who meant nothing by this uh gets fucking undermined and potentially yeah. assume like assuming this is assuming the story is real and i'm just gonna take her word for it because there's plenty of examples of this out there, but Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, Jesus this is the case Christ. of, uh, if this is what it appears to be on its face, which is like some fucking snowflake white person, not being able to just like roll with some shit and, you know, let Don't something that was Detroit, man, Jesus, let Christ. something that Don't was potentially offensive, just roll off their back because I, that to me is like ridiculous. If that's, if that's what's going on, isn't but the again, offensive speech like the entire reason that the First Amendment is required? Well, let's not <laughs> you know take, what I mean? take it from someone who. Okay, let me qualify this. I'm a white guy, but uh, take oh. it from someone who has been in the service industry for far longer than I care to admit. The shit said in the service industry amongst employees and behind closed doors and outside of earshot of customers is so re regularly and consistently repulsive that this doesn't even <laughs> fucking hold it doesn't a register. handle. Yeah. It doesn't even, I mean, this is the kind of shit, I mean, you know, this is the kind of shit said every five seconds at which, a restaurant between employees. Which to me makes me suspect that there's more to this story. Bingo. Than, than this being the reason behind her firing. I really, no. want to, I really want to see like uh, just a nonstop serial follow up on this story just going on for months. I want to I want to see like the 10 chapters of this story because it, it's got to right. be got to be deeper than that. But I, I fear that it is. Yeah. When does it? Yeah, that's an interesting point, Luke. Like when does something when does something fade out when you just stop when news media just stops reporting on it? Like you could zero yeah. in on this story and if, try if, to if, identify the po exact point 
At which it just disappears. If tr- if a tree falls in the forest, and yeah, no it's one's still, there to hear it. it, still makes a fucking sound. Come on. Goes back, goes back to our uh, you know cur- curation and, and passive consumption uh, discussion from earlier. When the news itself becomes entertainment, it almost uh, the re- reality almost ceases to be real when it stops being covered. The coverage in and of itself is what gives it reality. What, what kind of saddened me about this whole story was reading about the person who is fired has like three fucking service industry jobs shut the fuck yeah. really I was yeah to, like one was in gross point another in detroit and then and then the owner of the business in detroit that the other business in detroit that she works for has to come out and make a statement about it was like ridiculous to me it was well, like well yeah wasn't the, the her boss at whatever other restaurant she was working at was the one that suggested to her told her like yeah that's not right you should yeah, yeah. well or like people being a character witness on social media in the court of public opinion mm-hmm. i just don't care uh but to me the injustice here is like we have people who work fucking three shitty jobs to get by. After the employee, she argued, she was being terminated due to discrimination. After the employee she had argued with complained about her use of the term light skin, which she identified. He said, he said, quote, can't you see how a white person would be offended? And she looked at him dead in the face and said, no. <laughs> Uh, when you're black, you try not to unintentionally pull the race card. You can't even avoid it. Like she can't even talk about anything in her life. It, okay. If everybody wants to like hold up lived experience as some fucking like, you know, religious, uh, you know, kind of religious standard, she can't even talk about her own lived experience around white people. Well, they're when, so fucking afraid uh, of offending, I don't know, some idea of blackness in their head that they're actually going to hold a black person to standards that they don't even have themselves. Uh, you know, if you want to understand this person's lived experience, I suggest looking at the, <laughs> looking at the um, Deadline Detroit article and playing the video that's posted there Shut of up. her like yelling at, at getting the crowd fired up oh so she she is literally the one out there that's her yeah we don't have the audio here okay hold on hold on, hold on. I, I just started listening to it and there i i don't want to i don't want to take sides here but hold on i th- i think the first thing Uh-oh. she says is the owner is from LA, which I would like to say is not true. Yeah, well, <laughs> I I knew that to also be a fact, and I was like, oh, we have an unreliable narrator here. Not you not know? to not not to pick not to say I'm going to zero in on the victim, but like this just shows you we we're looking at a seven minute video, and I'm like, oh, I'll just click on that, and within two seconds, we already have something that yeah, isn't true uh, completely misrepresented <laughs> again right. no, i'm not taking more, sides more digging uh more digging on this to come uh, yeah also yeah show, more digging on the service up. industry yeah. man because i i do you guys drive around and see help like now every hiring business. signs on every single business has a now yeah. hiring sign we'll give you 1250 yeah. it's working Stop going to work. Everybody's fucking just stay out of the labor force a little bit longer. You're going to get $15. Biden won't do it, but you can. All right. Uh, Matt, That's not enough it. either. Let's wrap. Yeah, right. It's not even close. We need to get 25. Let's wrap it. What song are we going out on? Oh, nothing. 
Uh, Mike can add something in post. Yeah, maybe Mike can add something in post. I was going to say, John, after our uh, text uh, the other day to, to run us out with uh, American Hearts from Piebald. Oh, right, that'll yeah. work. I'd like to hear that. All right, here it is. I think American Hearts by Piebald. <laughs> All right, guys, till next time. Pushing shopping carts. And there's a guy above me, and he's washing windows, making 10 bucks a pop. And he says to me, hey, you're part of it.